When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Morena, New Zealand, good morning to you. Uh, nice to be back uh, in the seat and my thanks to uh, Ricardo Ball for sitting in during the last week and keeping the show uh, ticking over. Today we're really busy uh, in terms of a review sort of Monday. Of course, a busy weekend both in rugby and league and other sports as well. But uh, Tony Johnson will be with us uh, very shortly uh, to look back on the weekend of uh, Super Rugby and the events within. Uh, ben Ransom, just after 10 o'clock this morning. Ben Ransom, now he's uh, a U- UK uh, news reporter uh, for Sky. I think he was at Manchester City's ground for that uh, game at the weekend. So uh, there you go. Uh, that would have been some atmosphere to be at. Uh, so we'll talk to Ben Ransom. Um, after 11 o'clock, we've got Vossi, of course, uh, in his weekly uh, review of uh, what happened in the NRL over the weekend, calling a few key games as well. Uh, Jamie Wall and Sam Ackerman will be the panel. And, of course, we'll have an opportunity just after 9.30 this morning for you to uh, win a chemist warehouse voucher to the value of 50 bucks with our subject, um, which uh, we'll give you some um, more information about very, very shortly. Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy's Sermon. Well, we're dancing in the streets of Leeds all over the place as we speak, and they will be for days as an unlikely away win against Brentford has given them a stay of execution, or demotion, uh, I should say, from the Premier League. And it was at Burnley's expense. And for their part, Burnley's fans will be at the other end of the emotive spectrum, desolate, depressed, and heartbroken. There are ranges of emotion we can't really relate to in this country because we simply haven't got that feeling about club or country. It's on the surface, but not in the DNA. It's not life-altering for us. By lunchtime on a Monday, we've given up lamenting and moved on to other business, and we look forward to the game next week. Simply put, it's not that important to us. In fact, I'll go as far as to say we'd be the most laid-back, apathetic, casual sports fans in the world. Half a dozen times a year, we get head up and sparked up about the All Blacks, but we tend to hold grudges and feelings about officials more and for longer than players, just ask Wayne Barnes. Rain, sleet or snow, they pack the grounds for football and clubs at all levels around the globe. Season tickets, at birthday and Christmas presents, club memberships are passed down through generations. They get it, it matters. So week in, week out, we dribble through the turnstiles, pick up a seat, any seat, there's plenty spare, and go about our business of watching largely emotionless. We don't get it, we never will. 
We get frustrated by the Warriors, some might even get angry, but it's not life-changing. It won't set the tone at the dinner table. The biggest problem today for our promoters is trying to lure fans by virtue of a match experience, a day out or night, or an entertainment experience. They must be seriously jealous of the worldwide uh, counterparts promoting football and clubs. The game, the result, the players, and most importantly, the club. The club, that matters to those people overseas. We don't get it. And unfortunately, we probably never will. Over the top go the Brumbies looking for the steal. They get good shape on it. And the penalty goes the other way. Barrett looking for the dropping. Barrett nails it. The Blues win. The Blues win. How about that ice cold from Bowden Barrett? Yep, Bodie Barrett with uh, that drop goal. They were playing under advantage, of course, uh, because uh, they were given a penalty under the sticks. They probably would have won anyway, but he sealed it uh, with a drop goal. Just uh, a, a nice piece of work. And uh, really, uh, in the end, uh, the Blues got up 21-19, to 19, and that was uh, the cliffhanger result of the weekend. To talk about the weekend's rugby, of course, and look back on uh, some interesting results and happenings, as we always tend to do. Uh, we've got Tony Johnson this morning. Morning, TJ. Morning, Smithy. Uh, good on you, mate. Uh, look, right, let's, uh, well, we might as well stay on that game, shall we? Uh, the Blues and uh, the Brumbies, a seesawing sort of affair with uh, a lot of penalties, a lot of comments about the refereeing during the match, and, uh, of course, afterwards as well. Yeah, well, it was an epic game in the end. It's the sort of game come to expect from New Zealand teams. If you want to win in uh, Canberra, you've you got to be tough about it. Uh, the, the Brumbies are hellishly hard to beat. But the Blues just keep finding different ways to win games, don't they? I mean, this was probably the biggest test of character that they've had so far this season. Yes, they won in Christchurch. But, you know, you win in Christchurch, you've got, you got to keep winning. And so you go to Canberra where they're always difficult um, you know, to win, you've got a crowd that gets on the back of the referee all night. Um, but, you know, they, they played, I thought, a lot of negative stuff. The Brumbies, they really tried to um, spike the guns of the Blues. You know, that, the ruck-and-run game that they like to play, they do a hands all over the ball and trying to slow things down. You had Nick White yelling at the referee all night. And somehow they, they found a way to win. Uh, if Barrett hadn't slotted the penalty, um, forget the arguments. It was a clear-cut penalty. Ollie slapped Sapsford. He's gone in. He's not only gone in... Uh, made an illegal side entry. He's not supporting his own body weight. He's got his hands all over the ball, not once but twice after the referee's called ruck. So I don't think they've got much of an argument with that. But in the end, um, you know, a game at times, you know, they kicked away a bit too much ball, uh, the Blues. But even so, that that, that is a, a, a significant win for them. And of course, it guarantees them home advantage right through to the final if they stay in the competition that long. It does, actually, uh, and that, I think, is very, very significant because uh, the way it's shaping up um, you know, and the way they are playing um, and, and the, the probability of going to Eden Park to beat them at the moment um, is pretty tough. So uh, that was a great result. But it, it was a, a game where the crowd, everyone, uh, Justin Harrison included in the commentary team, just kept going on at, on at the referee. And, of course, there were comments afterwards from Alan Alatoa. Yeah, good. Well, he, he probably finds it a bit hard to take off his Brumby jersey. Uh, you probably can't blame him for that. He's, he's passionate about them. But, look, 
Smithy, you, you and I have both been there. In fact, I, I think I've called seven or eight games in Canberra over the years. Some of, not all of them involving New Zealand teams. And plenty of times I've gone there and seen just how or why it's hard to win. As I say, the, the crowd get onto the referee. And I've seen a, a lot of referees over the years, uh, you know, succumb to that sort of pressure. Uh, but, uh, you know, first of all, I think you've got to give credit to Damon Murphy for actually having the guts to, to signal a penalty, even though it didn't come to that. Uh, for, for a match-winning penalty out in front of the post, he, he missed a blatant one over, over by the touchline where Swain came through and kicked at a ball at the back of the ruck. He called him out, but he it, at least had the bottle to do that. Look, I don't think the Brumbies have got a leg to stand on. As I say, they, they set about trying to break down the Blues game by slowing their ball down at the ruck. They kept doing illegal things at the ruck, and, and most of the time he kept penalising them. And, and so, uh, you know, as I say, in, in this case, if, if they blame the referee, well, I think they're, they're being a bit delusional. Alan Alatoa, I've never seen him talk like that. I guess the emotion of the occasion got to him. But, but in the end, um, I, I do not think the referee was the difference. Mm. Interesting. OK, let's look at uh, perhaps uh, some of the, the other games. Crusaders began the weekend with a very comfortable... Uh, 61-3 win over the drawer. I think that was predictable. Uh, we did the Chiefs game, uh, 54-21. So um, what, what were the aspects you took away from, from that game going forward? Well, the Chiefs needed to restore a bit of order, didn't they, Smithy? They were coming under a bit of pressure um, for a, you know, a home quarterfinal, which is what everyone wants. And, and they did that. Um, you know, it was the start of a very tough week for them because they've got to play uh, Moana Pacifica on Tuesday and then head back home to Perth for a game on Sunday. Um, so it, it was always going to be difficult for them. The Chiefs had um, some fairly major disruptions. I think they had something like 14 players in the end uh, that, that couldn't play in the game. I think there was an injury late in the week to Josh Lord on top of a few guys getting COVID and another bunch of guys out with injuries. So they, they rode over the, the disruptions. It's a game they, they probably should have been expected to win and, and comfortably, and they did that. And, uh, you know, that, that just sort of rights the ship a little bit. They've got an interesting clash coming up this weekend. They've got to go to Lautoka, Churchill Park, and play the, the drawer up mm. there. And because it's in Fiji, that makes it a more difficult challenge. But they'll still have to win that uh, because there, there is a chance that they can be passed by the Hurricanes, maybe even the Waratahs, into fourth place. But they'll be happy that they found some winning form, uh, you know, despite... Some, some, some difficulties going into that game at the right time. Uh, interesting one yesterday. Bryn Gatland, uh, look, um, just a nod to him because, uh, you know, he, he's a guy at the centre of everything um, for, for the Chiefs. That number 10 jersey, it's, it's so important. We'd seen Josh Ioane the, the week before come in and, and, you know, really taking the line on was a... Uh, a, a key to the, that, that very good win that they had in Australia. And I, I thought uh, Gatlin followed up from that really well at the weekend. Is, you know, willingness to take the defensive line on, make a half break, make a break. That, that, that was a really important uh, contribution from him, probably his best game of the season. What we shouldn't um, actually overlook while we're on that Chiefs thing is the injury to Sam Kane. Uh, I spoke to Sam Kane actually uh, as he was limping up the tunnel at half time. Uh, he was more angry with uh, the, the entry patterns of some of the, uh, the, the players, um, you know, some of the force players, and, and, and he sort of was hit from the side, wasn't he? So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, well, we, I, 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 yeah, yeah, interesting. 
We did mention it, didn't we, Smithy, in the in the commentary. It was Medrano, the, the Pumas prop. It was a cheap shot. He, he came in the side of the ruck, so it was an illegal entry, which he got away with, and he's just gone straight for his knee. Um, you know, I just think that, that that's... That's the act of, of, of someone. And we, we, we saw other acts like that this weekend. I mean, we saw one in the knees yesterday where, you know, if you've got no respect for your fellow player, that you, you try and take him out with a shot like that. But, yeah, that, uh, you just got to hope that, it, that it's not too bad. Um, you know, yeah, OK, we are well off at number sevens at the moment. We've got three world-class number sevens in New Zealand, but he, he's, he's the captain and the Chiefs will, will want him. But it, it, it didn't look great, did it? No, and uh, the the not and the uh, the incident you're talking about yesterday and involved uh, Sam Gilbert for the Highlanders, which left them down a player, and it uh, also contributed to the fact that uh, they went down to the Waratahs, which confirms uh, that the Highlanders will be dead last anyway, and they'll be facing the Blues. That's been confirmed. Uh, but for the Waratahs, it was a good uh, opportunity to pick up some points, which they did. Uh, which sits them at this stage to third last on the table, so that just improves their chances uh, a little bit more. What did, what did you make of that that incident, and uh, and of course that that result yesterday? Well, I'm, I'm afraid um, the word stupid comes to mind um, <clears throat> because he had him around the leg and he had time to think about what he was doing, and uh, eventually he went through with it. He tipped him up on his head. It could have been catastrophic for Hooper. Uh, who has been copping it in all directions this year since, since joining the team back from Japan. Um, and uh, Hooper had the last laugh in the end. But, but, you know, Sam Gilbert, I mean, straight away when he, he gets to the bench and he realises what he's done, and, and I suppose I think someone described it as a brain fart or a brain, brain explosion, but you just got to be smarter than that. And, and as I say, I, I think in the end it was, it was as stupid as it was dangerous what he did. And, and he had right, let's, uh, to... Look, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, I, I didn't, it wasn't a particularly good performance um, from the Highlanders. Uh, you know, that, that was the sort of game. For some reason, the Waratahs have got a really good record in Dunedin, but I just, I think the Waratahs, uh, sorry, the Waratahs did pretty well. Um, the Highlanders were, were below par, and, and unless the force can do something remarkable, if the Highlanders were to lose and the force were able to win their two remaining games, they could still get picked out of eighth place. Unlikely to happen, uh, but they'll find themselves an eighth and gift for that as a trip to Eden Park. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's look at uh, it as a gift to Eden, uh, a gift of a trip to Eden Park. Let's look at um, this table now and the matches coming up this weekend, if we could. The key, as you said, Moana Pacifica Force sets on Wednesday, then Moana Pacifica Brumbies on Saturday. So a busy week for those guys catching up as well. Crusaders Reds, you would imagine the Crusaders will consolidate their place uh, on Friday night in Christchurch? Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, you know, they're, they're starting to hit some form. They uh, obviously had a couple of hiccups. They've lost three games in the round robin, but, you know, to, to win in Canberra, that was good. They, they kicked on from that with, a, with an impressive win. Um, they've got to win just to make sure they get second place. They can't catch the Blues now. But, you know, home advantage for a quarter and a semi-final, possibly a final if the Blues get tipped up. That's what they'll be gunning for. Reds, to me, um, they're a team that have had um, potential. But, of course, injuries to Tupo and James O'Connor have helped them at all, and their discipline's just been woeful. Mm. OK, so there's that one there. The Waratahs uh, against the Blues. As I say, uh, Waratahs were able to pull off an... Un- what will the Blues do with their team? What, what will you think... 
uh, Leon McDonald would do with his, his squad now? Will he mix and mingle a little bit this weekend? What, what yeah. will happen to some of those sides that are guaranteed? Well, yeah, he's got options, hasn't he? Um, you know, on one hand, you probably want to keep some momentum going. On the other hand, he could seize the opportunity here just to, to take a couple of guys out of the team, guys who might have a, a niggle or a knock or whatever, so that he can have, you know, all guns blazing for, a, you know, the last two, three weeks, however long it is that they stay in the competition. So it's a tricky one. Um, there's a bit to play for the Waratahs. As I say, they could still sneak their way ahead of the, the Hurricanes or even the Chiefs. It seems a, a little bit unlikely, but that, that's, that's, you know, the possibility that they have. At the moment, uh, it's looking like it took Canberra for the Brumbies, so, so sorry, for the Waratahs um, to take on the Brumbies. Mm. So they, they might be quite keen to avoid that. I, I don't know. Um, he, Leon McDonald's got options. I'm, I'm not going to try and second-guess him here, Smithy. Uh, um, I think a lot of coaches would probably prefer to try and keep the momentum going. But then you've got to think too of that, uh, you know, the, what's you know the prize at the end of the line? What's the most important? Is it keeping your you know your, your big guns fresh? So are we looking at in terms of uh, down the track here? Are we looking at the likelihood of the old firm at it again? Are we looking Blues Crusaders at Eden Park? Well, I suppose that's the dream final, isn't it? That's what everyone would like to see and. You know, you'd think you'd probably play it in front of a sellout crowd. Look, it's it's not a cert yet, um, but I think you know that that would be just a, a great way to end a competition. To, that, to my mind, has turned out to be a lot better than some people were predicting, and a lot of people keep insisting on saying. I think we've seen some epic games in, in the last few weeks as well as the, as the competition starts to firm up. Who's, who's playing for what? Um, I, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, you've got to respect the Brumpies, though. Um, maybe they lost the plot a little bit at the weekend, and they have dropped two games at home, but they were very good the way they controlled the game against the Chiefs, and in a one-off knockout game, I don't think anyone fancy playing them that much. At the moment, the seedings would indicate the Blues uh, a semi-final against the Chiefs and the Crusaders against the Brumbies, uh, and what a weekend even that would be. Um, but, but, you know, you, you, you can't sort of disregard the possibility that, that someone's just going to come up with their performance of the season or there's going to be a um, you know, a, a card or something like that that will influence things. But, but by the way, Smithy, just getting back to that thing about the red card, what, what we saw yesterday mm. was just another nail in the coffin of the 20-minute red card. The fact that a, that a guy did that when he had an opportunity to bail out of it, but he tips him up anyway, to me suggests that the 20-minute red card, much as we had high hopes for it, not wrecking the contest and you know, m- making the, the outcome a foregone conclusion. It's just simply hasn't been enough of, the, of a deterrent when combined with, I think, some fairly um, soft um, suspensions that have been handed out by the judiciary. I think it's a very good point, actually. It, it has not been uh, a deterrent. You're, you're dead right in that regard. So uh, just before I let you go, Tony, it's pretty much the end of the, um, the penny section this time round for Fiji Drawer and Moana Pacifica. Both will finish at the foot of the table to draw it at this stage, although Moana Pacifica have got two chances to perhaps leap above them. Uh, a report card on their first year in. OK, well, first of all, Moana Pacifica, they've had a lot go against them. I mean, they were the worst hit by COVID early on. And I wonder how different things might have been if they'd got to play their first game 
at home at Mount Smart against the Blues, as was originally the plan. Um, they just never picked up the momentum from the crowds that I thought they might. Or we all thought that they might. Um, as I say, the, the season was just so fractured and, and fragmented. And, of course, even uh, the game in Melbourne uh, got called off uh, because this time because the force got, got affected. Um, you know, they, they had their moments. But they, they got a win. Um, but... Obviously, a season under their belt, you'd hope that they'd, they'd come back um, next year stronger, more competitive, and hopefully less disruptive. To me, the Drua showed great possibilities, particularly when they played that game in Suva. Ideally, in the end, you'd want them playing all their games in Fiji. Um, maybe we're a wee way off that. I, you know, Churchill Park and Lautoki just better hope like mad it doesn't rain, because if it rains, it, it can mm. just turn into a mess very quickly. But there's talk of a new stadium. They've been talking about a new stadium in, in Denaral. Um, wouldn't that be fantastic? And, and I think the hope has to be that these teams um, make enough of, a, of an impact. And I think Fiji probably in a, in a better position to do this at the moment, to draw some of their talent back from overseas. I mean, it's been great to see, for example, Denon Lange, who's a great sevens player, you know, come back and, and join the team. And you, you just got to hope that maybe um, that happens as well, because I think they've got... You know, OK, they've only had three wins between the two of them, but they've certainly had their moments. And, and that day in, in Fiji, um, you know, in Suva, uh, their performance over there, even though they didn't win the game in the end, what, what an occasion that was. And to me, that, that's, the, that's the hope that these two teams bring. Tony Johnson, always great uh, catching up with you. Great calling with you as well. I enjoyed that on uh, Saturday night. Uh, thanks for your uh, summation of the weekend's events and uh, looking forward, mate. Uh, Thank you very much, Tony Johnson, this morning. Hey, thanks, Billy. Have a great week, mate. Yeah, same to you, pal. Same to you. Uh, 9.23 here on SENZ. We'll be back very shortly with uh, a couple of early texts and uh, perhaps a subject for you after 9.30 uh, in terms of your chemist warehouse voucher as we implore you to dial in on 0800 150 He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.29 here on SENZ as we head into uh, the first news bulletin of the morning for us. Uh, here's a subject for you to get fired up about. Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge, what the hell happened there? Just walk away? Walk away? I mean, and, and is that a, not a theme, a current theme for the Warriors? Um, how many other players? I mean, Harris DeVito doesn't want a contract with the Warriors. Who was the other guy that went away and walked play, and played for the Rabbitohs against us the other day? Nishikori, was it? Someone, uh, uh, look, I don't quite understand what's going on. Maybe you can. 0800-150-811. What do you think of a guy who just walks away from the club and says, I, I don't want to play for you overseas. That wasn't part of the deal. What's going on here? Uh, I mean, uh, Matt Lodge is a big one for me. Uh, but, but what is happening uh, with the Warriors? What is happening? Why do people not want to play for the Warriors? Uh, give us a bell. 0800-150-811 after 930 um, which is coming up very shortly, of course, and, and you'll be in the draw to win a chemist warehouse voucher for 50 bucks. Quite staggering, that, in professional sport when you think about it. Here's Ottawa, anyway, uh, with our update. Talkback time with Smithy. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Call now for a chance to win today's $50 Chemist Warehouse voucher. 0800 150 811. Giving you updates throughout the morning too as the uh, PGA tournament comes to uh, its uh, cl- conclusion. 
at the moment. Pereira, 6-under after 12. Young, 6-under after 13. Zalatoris, 5-under after 13. Thomas, Justin Thomas, making a late charge. Minus 4-under after 15 holes. And Fitzpatrick, who has uh, made uh, back-to-back-to-back mistakes, is back to 3-under after looking likely. So it's uh, coming up... uh, to about the last uh, hour and a, hour and a half of play there in the US PGA uh, major for this year 2022. Keep you updated there. Um, number of issues we can talk about: 0800 including the, the Warriors, and uh, not the not just the fact of how they're actually playing on the field. It's the fact of who wants to play for them and why people are walking away from them uh, almost on a daily basis at the moment. Uh, if you think that's worthy of a comment, 0800 or just looking. At the Super Rugby over the weekend, uh, a couple of texts have come in. Uh, Ahmad has said, oh, gents, the ref definitely got things wrong. He missed a lot of uh, little stuff. The Blues did. The number of penalties to warn the end of the first half against the Brumbies was ridiculous. Uh, Roger Tovasashek should have been yellow carded for the neck grab on White. The refs have been consistent. Don't get me wrong, the Blues deserve number one spot, but they had a 16th man on Saturday. Ahmad coming in there, that's a pretty handy text. Uh, Ian, I think that the All Blacks uh, will have a better team than last year. That's from Jason listening in from Moorlebank in Victoria, Australia. So Jason, thanks for your text there and thanks for listening in. Zade's on the phone. Zade wants to talk uh, first up this morning about the Blues. Morning, Zade. Uh, yeah, good morning. Um, just on the Blues, um, I think the differences between the Blues team now and the Blues team a few years ago is they grinding out the wins that they never used to grind out wins. Like, um, it's 80 minutes up on up on the, um, you know, up pretty much, and um, you've got Bowden Barrett who just goes and um, takes a drop goal even when there's advantage to keep on going. Um, the way he's playing, I love this try. Um, a big loss for the Blues next year is going to be Kamakutiafi. Um, he's a very good player. Um, he played very good. And for me, Roger Sweet-Vasacek is just, Improving every game he plays. Um, the player who I think he's kind of getting more like is a Sonny Boy Williams. The way he um, the way he runs, he's a good um, running second five, and I think he's definitely going to be a um, good option for the All Blacks, um, even if he's not starting, if he's off the bench. But I think he's definitely improving more and more as he plays for the Blues. But um, yeah, we can now say that the Blues are going to be finishing top of the table for the first time in a long time. So it's a table-topping blues this year. So, Zaid, if we look at Roger Tuovasa-Shek, has he done enough to be included in the All Black squad to play against Ireland from the outset? You mean starting or on the bench? Well, within the group, actually, within the squad. I think on the bench, yeah. I think he he deserves to be in the reserves for for the All Blacks, I think, yeah. So you would have him um, ahead of uh, the likes of Quintapaya, uh, perhaps who was outstanding for the Chiefs again the other night. Um, the, the number of players, of course, the Crusaders have got in the mix now. Uh, he's alongside those uh, RTS on the form you've seen already. I reckon, yeah. Uh, okay, interesting, mate. Thanks for that. Okay, Zaid uh, calling in this morning, 0800 150 811. Uh, with uh, your call, if you like, what do you think of the Warriors? Would you put uh, Roger Tuovasashek into the first squad uh, against uh, the Irish? Has he done enough um, at this level of rugby to suggest to you he's ready to go the next step up and play against a very 
vigorous and aggressive Irish team. Um, that uh, I think is worthy of uh, a call or two as well because to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure that he has. That's my opinion. Jeremy, uh, on the crowds, uh, I was shocked at the Hurricanes crowd. I believe the hard camera side was closed too. Did they crack 5,000? I think it's a lack of tribalism maybe. The teams are 27 years old, one generation. Most now made up from players all over New Zealand instead of the local area. NPC teams down at 100 years old, we dropped the players from SR Super Rugby down to NPC. Would be interesting to see if people uh, took to that instead. Jeremy, really interesting text that. Really interesting text. I, I totally agree with you on the sermon. I just, I really just don't think that we get it here. We, we just haven't got those, uh, that, that it's not deep for us. It's not deep enough. We haven't got that feeling uh, that they have in sporting teams uh, over the seas. Literally, they will be dancing, celebrating in Leeds because not only is it, uh, important to them uh, in terms of their history with the club. It's important to them in terms of their status. It's worth billions and billions and billions of pounds overall. Uh, when you look at the, the kind of money that is attracted to the EPL as opposed to the championship. Uh, so look, uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it, we just don't have that feeling here. We don't have the importance. We haven't got it in our system. Closest to the passionate sporting fans in this country are Canterbury people, no, without doubt. The Cantabs are without doubt the most, uh, I think, the most fired up uh, fans that we've had over a long period of time. Uh, outside of that, no. Outside of that, not many, really, um, to the point where it's it's almost life and death uh, for football fans overseas. Almost life and death. Nothing like that here. We're talking to Ben Ransom after 10 o'clock. I'm sure, uh, having gone to a lot of football matches, he'll echo those thoughts as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it's... It's something we, ju- we just can't grasp over here. Um, Ken says, Smithy, I can't see the Blues getting rolled at Eden Park by anyone in that top eight. RTS 12 for the All Blacks. Well, uh, Ken, I listened to you. Uh, the boys, uh, impl- um, you know, uh, they're impressed with your text this morning on the breakfast show and uh, the fact that you are Blues, Blues right through. But uh, you and I might have a disagreement on RTS at this stage being an automatic number tw- 12 for the All Blacks. Uh, Scott uh, Scott says uh, RTS uh, certainly improving, but if you don't start him, which in my opinion he isn't good enough yet, he can't really be on the bench as he doesn't offer positional versatility. He'd probably play at wing, couldn't he? I'm not sure. And he played quite a lot of fullback, didn't he, for the Warriors as well? Could he? But he hasn't played those uh, positions for uh, in rugby. Uh, getting back to that, so um, another text has come in. RTS uh, needs another season in the NPC, um, maybe the end of year tour. So, uh, interesting thoughts there. Uh, Brick Quiet on the phone lines this morning. It's uh, 9.39 here on SCNZ. We shall take a break and be back shortly. 9.45 here on SCNZ and the phone just, uh, lines are still open. 0800 150 811. Michael's called in from the beautiful Tudakaka. Yeah, beautiful part of the world up there, Michael. Uh, what's on your mind this morning? Yeah, hey, Smitha. You know, it is a beautiful part of the world up here. Hey, a couple of things. Um, Roger... Um, I think probably the end of year tour, but I don't believe that he should be just put in the All Blacks because he came from league and he was really good at league. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's part of the problem. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, it was almost like uh, he was. Uh, a lot of people thought he was given a free pass, but at the moment, I mean, he's doing some good things. He's got great feet. There's no doubt about it. He can step. But is he, is he good enough yet to warrant uh, that early uh, group of games against Ireland? I, I'm not sure that he is. Could he do with another season 
uh, back in the NPC oh, rugby. Oh, definitely. I mean, and there's a log jam of backs in New Zealand at the moment, right? And, <clears throat> and we're already trying to play people out of position, their natural position, to try and make room for everyone. And, and that's half, that's half, that's going to be half the All Blacks um, problem this year, in, in my view. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think putting people in there because someone made them a promise to try and lure them for, for league is wrong. If he's, if he's good enough, he should be there on merit. Hey, no, no issue at all, right? Um, my second yeah. thing is with the Warriors, mate, you, you, if you're not winning, no one wants to come and play for you, eh? And they they get it's going down it's going down the toilet each week. It's getting worse and worse. You know, no wonder people don't want to play. And that guy should never have been let let go home. That that was wrong. But having said that, if he's in there and he's being disruptive because he doesn't want to be there and he's dragging his lip around the ground on the park all day, well, you are probably better to get rid of him. You know. But the, the Warriors need to start winning and, 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 and being consistent and actually wanting to play for the club, and then they might, might attract, start attracting some, some, some good players. But no good Aussie player in their right mind is going to come over here at the moment. It's just on a hiding to well, nothing. The only thing that you know, you'd come for is a check, because at the moment you, you certainly haven't got... You're not really in an abbreviated season because you're probably not going to play in the playoffs. And you're certainly never going to win a title. So if you want that against your name, uh, certainly you're not going to come here. And uh, that's, that in itself, is, to me, is, is a real issue. Um, you know, uh, particularly when they're going to looking to play the majority or a lot of their games at home all of a sudden. Um, you know, Michael, if they, don't, if they don't want to play in Australia, these good Australian players, they're certainly not going to come here, do they? Well, I don't see that the Warriors coming home and playing their games at home um, is going to be... Um, is going to change anything, right? Like, it, 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 I, you know, they've got their first game at home for two or three, two years or three years, is it, against the Tigers. Mm. That, that's If they get walloped by the Tigers, which the way they're playing at the moment's on the cards, um, it's just going to, it's just going to go, you know, the, the only on crunch out there at the moment is, is this game at home and, and 40,000 or 30,000 people going to turn up to see them. If that goes badly, it's just going to get worse, you know? I, I just yeah. don't think there's any... That there's no pride in playing for the club. Does that make sense, Timothy? Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, the interesting thing for me is NRL is a competition that's not broken. It's going gangbusters, right? And it's probably got its supporters in Australia, like like the um, uh, football in the UK's got. Um, Super rugby's broken, and and that's evident by. The number of people that turn up to the games and the, and the disenfranchisement and you know, that guy that made the comment before the whole you know the, the teams are 23 years old now and 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 it used to be the end, most of it um, you know was made up of the best NPC players from from like say the Hurricanes region it was made up of the Hawks Bay Taranaki uh, Manawatu Wellington best players you know but that's all changed now they just they just go and play for anyone so. They, I mean, that, that's got massive problems as well, but that'll, that's better minds than you, and I'll sort that one out, Smithy. I hope so, and I hope they sort it out quickly. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for your call this morning. You're certainly in line to win that chemist uh, warehouse voucher. Uh, so too, Bruce from uh, Christchurch. Good morning to you, Bruce. What, what's on your mind? <coughs> G'day, Ian. Um, can you give the voucher to that man? Just pretty much everything I wanted to say, he's done it. <laughs> and I agree with everything he said. Um, so I'll go. You're a Tottenham supporter, aren't you? I am. I am. I'm a happy one. You'll be happy? 
you'll be happy, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Liverpool man, so uh, but let's let's hope they can win the Champions League. Um, I can't really say anything else about uh, about the um, about the Warriors. I've I've said it to a few of your colleagues in the last few weeks. Um, it's appalling. Um, the Roger Tervasa Sheik, I, I sort of agree. Also, I, I don't, I don't think he's showing enough. Just um, natural now for the game. He, he, he's still, you know, he's still not. Um, well, the instinct isn't quite there because he's played. He hasn't played uni for quite a while. And there's other, there's other players um, in line for the for the All Black centres and back line with way more um, natural nows and stuff from playing it all the way through. That's the way I see it. Now, I think he needs... Maybe he'll get, maybe he'll get in um, possibly on the... If, if we win the first two matches against Ireland, they'll put him on the bench maybe and later in the year, but I can't see you put him there just for the sake of it. No, I wouldn't put him there for the sake of it either, Bruce. And I, I just wonder whether they will pick him because they want to have their hands on him. You know, the All Black selectors and coaching staff want to have him in the group so they can do and put their influence on him. And they certainly won't be able to do that because by the time uh, the uh, the first series comes around, of course, Super Rugby will be over. And what's left for him there uh, after that outside the All Blacks, of course, is Auckland NPC Rugby. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you though, Bruce. I, I look at him and I just think, is he ready yet? Does he does he look comfortable there? And at times, there's no doubt, ball in hand, he can beat players. There's no doubt about that. But there's more to it, more to it than that. And um, I'm a little bit with you, mate. I, I, I like the way Quinta Pye is playing. I thought he was outstanding, the lines that he ran the other night. Okay, uh, up against the force. It's not against Ireland, is it? But it's not international rugby, but... Just uh, showing the signs instinctively, and I think that's a good word that uh, to put in there against RTS at the moment. Instinct doesn't quite seem to be there. Anyway, thank you very much for your calls this morning, Bruce included, to, to Michael, to Zaid. Uh, we didn't have enough time for Dino from Dunedin, and I think Charlie from Geraldine was here at one point as well. So uh, please call back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have another subject for you. Be in line to win that chemist warehouse voucher, and uh, we'll announce who's won it this morning. It is uh, 9.52 here on SENZ, and we shall be back with a multi prior to 10 o'clock. Number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. You got to know when to hold it. Know when to fold it. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Right, uh, we have a multi for today. It's the Dallas Mavericks to beat the Golden State Warriors at a buck sixty-nine. What an intriguing two series they are uh, in the NBA at the moment. Uh, and it doesn't matter. Home court advantage doesn't seem to matter. You just get hot on the day, you win a dollar sixty-nine. The Mavericks to win today on the back of Luka Doncic. Uh, we'll have the Pulse to beat the Tactics tonight at $1.55. I think that's about a 7.05 game tonight on Sky Sport. Pulse to beat the Tactics, $1.55. And Francis Tierpo in the French Open starts today. French Open tennis. Francis Tierpo in the first round has got an interesting clash against Benjamin Bonzi. Uh, I think Tierpo will win at a buck fifty-seven. 
So that multi to start the week will be four dollars eleven. Four eleven. Dallas Mavericks pulse into Francis Tiapo. Uh, at the PGA tournament, Pereira six under after fourteen. Zalatoris five under after fifteen. Young five under after fifteen. Thomas four under after sixteen. Fitzpatrick four under after fifteen. So uh, there are at least five players within two shots of the lead. Three holes to go. It is squeaky bum time over there. Uh, Tyson has said New Zealand League Warriors need to develop not only players but admin and coaches as well. You know, um, I, I know Cameron George very well, and of course he's the CEO of the Warriors. He's also got a, a very big, important role in racing as well. Uh, he must be pulling in whatever hair he's got left out, Cameron George, because every time the phone rings, someone wants to go, or you know, someone's unavailable, or there's a hiccup somewhere along the, the, the system. Uh, you know, not being able to sign players or keep players. That's always a real issue when it comes to sporting teams. Uh, we're coming up to 10 o'clock here on SENZ. Uh, when we come back, we shall have Ben Ransom. Now, Ben Ransom is a football reporter, Sky News football reporter over there in the UK on an enthralling last day in the EPL where teams won, teams lost, teams got demoted, and fans started to cry. Side-by-side side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The winners and still the champions of the land, Manchester City. Five and a half mad, magnificent minutes took them from the point of despair to this moment of ecstasy. Truly the gold standard club of our time and once more just just beyond the reach of the best of the rest well amazing scenes there uh, as Manchester City confirmed the fact yep they're back-to-back champions in the EPL amazing uh, performance what a comeback 2-0 down to Aston Villa uh, and then uh, a brace to uh, Gundogan and uh, Rodri equalising with two minutes later uh, and they actually got up and won at Etihad Stadium. Best seat in the house, uh, I would have thought, if you're a sports fan, or if you're a football reporter, even better. Uh, ben Ransom is uh, that. He's both of those things. He's with Sky Sport. Uh, ben, good morning to you. Just how special. You picked the right place to be. <laughs> Didn't I just? Yeah. Yeah, good morning. Um, absolutely amazing. Uh, in terms of Premier League finishes, Manchester City have been in a couple of pretty sensational ones um and bizarrely both have finished three two the it was 10 years ago last week the aguero goal won it for them uh, their first premier league title right in the injury time that was absolutely amazing i, mean, I suppose we the city fans never thought that'd be topped but today when they went two nil down i'm not sure many really thought they would come back and win three two like they did but to score those three goals in five minutes. Uh, the stadium was absolutely bouncing. Um, yeah, it was pretty remarkable and breathless. And when you consider this is a 38-game season and it came down at the top and the bottom to the final 15 minutes, I think that's pretty remarkable. I think it's one of the great concepts in sport, actually, uh, that uh, the authorities have picked up on here, uh, Ben, and that is to kick off every game at exactly the same time. So the whole season, as you say, 38 matches, it all comes down to a crescendo at basically the same moment in time. It's a wonderful thing. And I would imagine uh, as City fans are keeping a really close eye on what's happening with Liverpool, vice versa, 
uh, so that ebbs and flows around the ground are special. Exactly that. And it wasn't always the case. Um, you know, you go back kind of 20, 30 years, and it wasn't always the case that the final games were played together. So the Premier League has kind of brought them all as one, and it's something that the Football League now does as well, so the divisions below the Premier League. And of course, it makes for this amazing final day, especially when there's so much on the line. And you're absolutely right. When Liverpool, I mean, I couldn't quite believe it. The first goal of the day was actually scored by Wolves at Liverpool in a game that we all thought they would canter to because Wolves have not been anything special at all lately. Um, so for Wolves to score first, obviously the City fans start cheering and celebrating. And then not long after that, of course, Aston Villa take the lead at Manchester City. And all of a sudden, you can imagine the cop erupts in Liverpool because they've equalised and they know really that a second goal for them, the title's theirs. And the fact, as I say, it went all the way down to the wire like it did. Even at the end, even in the last few minutes with Liverpool comfortably leading Wolves by that point, City were ahead against Villa. But any Villa goal, any mistake, anything that went slightly wrong, I don't know, a, a dodgy penalty or a bad defensive decision... Villa back in the game and the title's going to Anfield again. So, I mean, absolutely amazing. And as I say, for that to be happening at the top while there was all the drama at the bottom as well, simultaneously, I have to say, uh, the audience on Sky Sports were treated to a pretty special day, I'd say. Okay, so um, there was a downside to it. We understand uh, Aston Villa goalkeeper Robin Olsen was assaulted numerous times as the fans came onto the pitch, which is something that doesn't happen very often in British football, their crowd control is generally not too bad with the, um, you know, with the atmospheres that they have there. Has there been any further developments over that? Well, at the moment, it's being investigated. So the, the police in and around Manchester are looking at it. Both clubs, specifically Manchester City, are looking at it. I mean, look, um, unfortunately, we've seen a few of these unsavoury scenes, actually, in recent weeks. Now, the authorities are trying to work out what to do about it because you're right, by and large, English, British football fans have been pretty well behaved over the last couple of decades, certainly inside of stadiums. But just lately, and it, it, if we think back to the Euros last year and all the crowd trouble around the final before England against Italy at Wembley, and that's kind of spilled over into the season. We've seen a bit of unrest in and around the stands. But most recently, when teams have either been winning promotion or winning titles, the fans have been running on the pitch. Now, a few years ago, the fans would run on the pitch without incident. You know, they potentially pat their own players on the back and they dance around a bit. And yes, be a bit silly and a bit giddy in the moment. But we weren't seeing the kind of things we're seeing now, whereby... Exactly that. Robin Olsen, it looks like on the footage I've seen, he takes a couple of whacks to the back of the head. It's not too severe, but that's saying, of course, a player should not be in any way assaulted on the pitch. So it's ugly. But we saw an even uglier incident a couple of days ago where one of the Sheffield United players after a game got head-butted. Um, it's, it's getting worse, unfortunately. And... The, the challenge here for the authorities is to is to try and stop it happening. We don't want to go back to the days where we have to have those big metal horrible fences that we had in the kind of the eighties and nineties. Um, mm. That were, I mean, you know, if you think back to those images, that 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 immediately to me conjures up a time where hooliganism was rife and the fans were treated like animals. We don't want to get back to that. But then with that goes a trust that the fans can behave themselves and unfortunately there is this minority and it's only a few 
but they are making a, a you know they're making a, a bit of a statement at the moment and unfortunately it's headlines for the wrong reasons we can't uh, we can't really not uh, mention Liverpool here because it wasn't that long ago Ben I think what two and a half months ago we were thinking well it's all over and done with Manchester City's lead was 14 points in January 14 points uh, Liverpool's uh, threat to them in the latter part of the season has been quite outstanding in a, a real watershed season for them as it goes anyway. Absolutely. I mean, Liverpool have had an amazing season. The fact that they came so close to winning the quadruple, I mean, that would have pretty much completed football. You might have had to just stop the sport, to be honest, because that is unheard of. Yes, I've seen teams do trebles before, but and they're rare enough. Um but the quadruple would have been something absolutely remarkable. Now, the fact they've won both domestic cup competitions is, is testament to what this team's done because I think their last defeat was actually... Um, they haven't lost the game, Liverpool, this calendar year pretty much in the Premier League. That's how good they've been. They've been relentless, keeping the pressure on Manchester City. You're right, they've clawed back, well, effectively 13 of the 14 points they were behind. And... The title race this has been most similar to, I guess, is the one a few years back, 2018-19, when the same thing happened in terms of Liverpool and Man City were separated by a point in the end. But they were, again, relentless at the end of the season. But that season was different because Liverpool were the ones that set the early pace in the early part of the season. Man City were seven points behind at one stage. They, they beat them at the Etihad in that season. And then they clawed the gap back and then they ultimately overhauled them. This was different. City, as you say, had that huge cushion. And Liverpool had just pegged them back and back and back and back. All the while, succeeding in the cup competitions. Winning the domestic couple of cups they've won. And getting to the Champions League final. So, I mean, they've had an unbelievable season. So, twofold, really. I think absolute credit to Liverpool, who may well get a treble. They may win the Champions League, which, of course, is one of the most prestigious trophies in the whole of the world. And yet, also credit to Manchester City, who remarkably have held off what is an absolutely incredible team. And they've done that four of the last five seasons now, which is, again, an amazing achievement because the quality of these two teams at the same time is something we've perhaps never seen in the Premier League before. Let's look at uh, the playoff for fourth, because, of course, that's so significant financially. Uh, in terms of access to around uh, other competitions in Europe. And two massive wins this morning. Tottenham uh, 5-0 over Norwich. Arsenal 5-1 over Everton. So Spurs uh, leapfrog Arsenal in the last week. Yeah, uh, that game in the North London derby when Spurs beat Arsenal was absolutely uh, crucial in this race because Arsenal had it in their own hands a few weeks ago and they've been playing some pretty good football. Again, Arsenal have come on this year under Mikel Arteta. I remember last season and even the early part of this season, there was quite a lot of noise and dissatisfaction around the job he was doing. And then he managed to create this much more exciting younger team. And really, they, as I say, they were in pole position to get fourth a couple of weeks ago. Getting beaten by Tottenham was, was bad enough. Uh, but that gave Tottenham the initiative because up until that point, they were relying on Arsenal to slip. Well, the fact they were able to beat themselves. And again, a remarkable job done by Antonio Conte as well, because when he took over, Tottenham was struggling. I think it would have been, at the time, he would have seen it, the board at Tottenham would have seen it as a massive achievement to qualify for the Champions League. Of course, that was the aim, but they knew even at that stage they were relying on other teams slipping up and dropping points, etc. Well, 
that is what's happened. But also Tottenham have had some great, great wins along the way. They've, they've, you know, you, you think back a few weeks when they, um, they took points off Manchester City and they took points off Liverpool. So they proved under Conte and with all their players fit and firing, they're a match for anyone in the Premier League. So credit to them. Fourth is massive. It means they may well keep Conte next year because there was some uncertainty about where he'd go. Harry Kane looks as though he's staying because now City have bought a striker. There's nowhere really for him to go. Heung-Min Son's got level in the golden boot race with Mo Salah this season. They share that award, which is, again, an amazing achievement. So look, I think there's a lot to be positive about for Tottenham and equally for Arsenal, even though they have to drop into the Europa League. All right, at the other end of the table, and this uh, we talk about emotion and winning, there's also emotion uh, staying up. So even though they played away from home, Leeds uh, managed to get up over Brentwood, who got uh, a red card, which helped Leeds' uh, case in that regard. So there would be just as much joy around Allen Road, I would imagine, as there was at Etihad Stadium for the fact that they survived. Yeah, I mean, Leeds, again, they've been going in the opposite direction. They've really struggled, actually, in recent weeks to get points and wins. They've they've had a poor run of form. They've been pegged back in a couple of games. They've had ill discipline on the pitch. They've You know, there, there were a couple of matches where they got players sent off. They looked, they looked looking around the team, you were wondering where the goals were going to come from. And there was loads of drama today. I mean, look, they... they Went ahead and well, they scored a goal, I should say. Um, Joe Gelhart scored an absolutely brilliant strike in the first half, but it was ruled out for a narrow offside. So they had to come back from that. Then they got the penalty. Rafinha scored the penalty. They're ahead. They're staying up. Burnley were losing at this point because Burnley went into the final day actually above Leeds in the table. So they had to just match their result. So Burnley at home to Newcastle, you'd have fancied them to, if they really needed to, get a point. Well, they ended up losing that game, which opened the door for Leeds again. 1-1 into the real late stage of that match. And then to get a 94th minute uh, winner or whatever it was to win 2-1 for Leeds, it meant, it meant essentially Burnley had to score and beat Newcastle. And that was going to be impossible. So that goal sealed it. And yeah, the Leeds fans have, uh, they're great. I mean, look, they're, they're really loud. They're noisy. They make an incredible atmosphere at Elland Road. Um, and Leeds is a massive football club that's taken so long to get back in the Premier League. So for them to have dropped down after just two full seasons would have been a bit of a disaster for them. The fact they've managed to stay up could be the making of the club again, because, again, financially, you talk about the, the financial benefits of getting in the Champions League. Well, the financial benefits of just staying in the Premier League compared to being relegated to the Championship are absolutely astronomical. So it's the sort of moment in Leeds history that we can look back on in five or ten years when perhaps they've re-established themselves in the Premier League again as a force of English football and we can maybe look back on that, that one goal from Jack Harrison that one win at Brentford as being the thing that perhaps sparked the next part of the Leeds chapter. Ben Ransom who, who's coming up has it been confirmed exactly who is coming up to EPL yet? Yes, we know that uh, Fulham are coming up as champions. They absolutely, uh, they blitzed the championship for most of the season. Again, they, they limped over the line a bit, but Alexander Mitrovic scored something like 40-odd goals in the championship. So a lot's expected of him coming back to perhaps finally hit the ground running in the Premier League. Bournemouth, who a bit like Fulham, have been up and down a little bit, but they're, they've come back as well as the automatic spots. And then there's a fascinating playoff final. So... Uh, 
Next weekend, Huddersfield Town take on Nottingham Forest in the playoff final. One of those teams gets the golden ticket. I mean, back in the day, it was £100 million. I think it's probably the £150, £200 million game now. All on one game of football at Wembley. I mean, it, the Championship playoff final is one of the, the highlights of the calendar, I think. It's an absolutely marvellous thing. Huddersfield, they finished third in the table um, overall. They're much more pragmatic. They've always been fairly solid defensively. They they grind out results where required. Forest is a great story. I mean, look, we all remember Forest from the mm. 80s under Brian Clough winning European trophies, being kings of Europe, kings of England. In the 90s was when they had that slip down. And then actually, and remarkably, they've not been in the Premier League for 20 years. A bit like Leeds. They're a club that's dropped out. Massive name in English football, huge fan base, but they've really struggled. So if they could get back again, it could be massive for that club. So Huddersfield Forest is going to be an amazing game next week. And also credit to, to Forest for even getting there because at one stage this season, they were they were at the bottom of the table. And to have fought their way back up, they're one of the form teams. And they play an exciting brand of football as well. So it's the pragmatists against the entertainers, I guess, at Wembley. We'll see who wins out. Um, and the winners will get £150, £200 million. And again, could guarantee the future of the club for the next decade. Amazing. Absolutely amazing numbers you're talking about there. And the emotion that you've been able to portray for us this morning, Ben. Uh, thank you very much for your time and your wrap-up on the EPL. Very jealous that you were on the spot and... We were watching it from afar, but uh, uh, the benefits of the jobs, eh? The benefits of the job. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That. Well, honestly, a great occasion, a fitting end to what's been a great season. Roll on a month off, roll on a bit of cricket, and then, yeah, it all starts again pretty soon, doesn't it? Because the World Cup in the winter means everything gets shuffled forward a little bit. So it won't be long, I'm sure, before I'm on some sort of pre-season tour somewhere. But thank you very much for having me. Uh, ben Ransom, uh, it's been a highlight of the show for us. Thank you so much uh, for, for updating us there. And uh, rest well if you get a chance and travel well in the new season. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Ben Ransom there, folks, uh, out of the UK, on the spot there at Eddie Head Stadium when and it likely came and came back. Well, I wouldn't say unlikely. They are the champions. But 2-0 down and then scoring three goals in the second half to lift the EPL crown for the fourth time in five years. Of course, they're getting the services next year. Uh, as well as of Erling Haaland, uh, adding to the club's strength and playing numbers and ability. Who's to say they won't be favourites when the market opens, probably in a day or two's time for next season at Ladbrokes, uh, William Hill & Co. Uh, they'll probably be right up the top of the betting as well. It's 10.20 here on SCNZ, and, and interesting stuff there. We've got a panel. That'll be interesting too, coming up very shortly here on SCNZ. New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side -side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Sam Ackerman with us this morning, as too is Jamie Wall. And uh, Jamie, if I can begin with you, please, uh, on the Blues have extended their uh, winning streak to 12 matches now, which is really impressive uh, when you think of the market that they're involved in. Uh, that performance over the weekend, getting out of uh, jail right at the very end. What did you make of, of the uh, the effort in Canberra? Yeah, morning, Smithy, and morning, Sam. Uh, yeah, well, uh, impressed, but not not so much with the um, the performance itself. It was a little bit indiscipline across the board, but from both teams, admittedly. Um, so it wasn't wasn't the greatest game to watch. But I am very impressed with the Blues' ability uh, to win games that they used to lose. 
uh, th- this was a game that they, they would have lost uh, in the old days. Uh, they clearly have all of their stuff together <clears throat> in a way that they can regroup at the end, you know, look at uh, a situation where the, you know, the, the, they're staring down the barrel of a loss and, and do what they needed to, to win, which was to play the exact right game plan, get themselves in position. Um, yep, Bowden's drop goal was great. It was nice to see a New Zealander kicking a match-winning drop goal, but obviously they were under penalty advantage <laughs> anyway. So, you know, like they'd, they'd manoeuvre themselves into a position where they were going to draw that penalty, and then that's how you win games at the death, uh, just like that. So, uh, and, and also, um, they have a very settled um, team about them with, with a lot of depth. So uh, Leo McDonald's job, at least from a selection point of view, uh, is pretty straightforward. He, he's managed to... Um, figure out his best, his top 15 um, that he's got there, and if and the only um, changes he's going to need to make um, from here on in are injury injury related. Um, so you know you could if you, uh, you could project if they're going to make the final right now, you can pretty much say what that team that's going to be put on the park is going to be, which is really really interesting because you can't say the same thing about the All Blacks, can you? Uh, so I think that they fully deserve their, their place at the top of the table. Um, they, they should be seen as favourites um, going into this final series. Um, and fingers crossed we get a Blues Crusaders final at Eden Park because I think that's going to be a massive event. I think they would sell out or close, be very close to selling out, as close as you could get to uh, Eden Park anyway uh, for that particular clash. I think you did right there. Uh, let's stay with, uh, within the Blues if we can, Sam, and have a look uh, with your league into rugby eye on RTS. Roger Tuovasa-Shek and his development within uh, the Blues camp now. Has it been quick enough, the development, uh, for you to say he's, uh, he's a guarantee for the All Blacks uh, against, uh, against Ireland? Oh, I don't think he's a guarantee, but I think if they're intelligent, they'll do it. Um, I think he's capable of performing at that level. Uh, I think he's uh, certainly putting, he's a player who has always thrived when he's in around uh, players who can perform to the level uh, he, he follows the level of those around him. It's why he's so great at the Roosters, and uh, what made him so great at the Warriors is that he just, he refused to let his standards slip because other people around him might not have been playing, and by that, he lifted those up around him. I think that uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek's not the reason the Blues are going great, but I certainly think bringing a guy of his professionalism, of his discipline, not quite in the Sonny Bill Williams League in the Chiefs, but when you bring in somebody like that who is always contributing, who knows what's required to achieve and succeed is always of benefit through, it filters through the squad and I think having him in the All Blacks uh, environment, I'm not saying you need to chuck him straight into the, the starting midfield, but I'm saying that you're, I think you're a mug not to take um, someone like Roger Tuivasa-Shek into that, given that we're no one can really sit here and say these are the the single best uh, midfield options we've got. There's not a, a Nonu and Smith or a, a Bunce and Little combination sitting there that we go, well, that's them. We need to give these guys an opportunity, and I think that um, I, I wouldn't leave them out. Would you be looking at Sam as a utility, perhaps, off the bench then? Because we know he can play a custodian role. He did that for the Warriors. He, uh, at, you know, push came to shove. He's got the speed to play out wide as well. Uh, do you think uh, they should be looking at him in that regard? And if they are, should they be developing him in those positions as well? Uh, I don't think that you'll see the um, Blues developing him in those positions right now because I've got a, uh, a championship uh, to win that they uh, they can't afford to take their eyes off the prize. But absolutely, he's got utility value. And that, that, as we know, when it comes to selection tables, can be a discussion. He's unproven with that value at Rugby Union, of course. But uh, I, I think that he's developing the the rugby union mentality and understanding the game better, he'll be able to switch between uh, the midfield and the wing, no problem. Fullback, 
uh, push comes to shove, if you required him, he could definitely do a job, but it's a much more nuanced role than uh, in sitting on one of the wing positions. OK, it's uh, 10.30 here on SENZ. We have Jamie Wall. We have uh, Sam Ackerman with us on the panel this morning. Plenty to talk about uh, as we go into part two very shortly. In the meantime, here's Araha with our 10.30 update. The panel. Yes, Sam Ackerman with us this morning and Jamie Wall as well. And uh, Jamie, uh, in Toulouse, uh, our time this morning, uh, the Black Ferns Sevens confirmed the fact that uh, they are the best side in the world. They were out of the competition, out of the series for quite some time. Uh, Runners-up, first time around, and uh, and no doubt that they're the, the best side now, confirming it with a win over Australia. Yeah, great result. Um, and not too unexpected, really. Uh, obviously, took the Black Ferns Sevens uh, a bit of time to kind of refine their feet. Um, and, you know, credit to the Australian <clears throat> Sevens program as well. They've obviously done some really good things over there and providing uh, the Black Ferns Sevens with, like, a really worthy opponent uh, to go and beat. And also the, um, to the Fijiana women's um, team as well. Uh, women's Sevens is looking really, really healthy at the moment. Um, but it is great to see the Black Ferns Sevens um, back uh, after all of the stuff we that women's rugby's gone through in New Zealand in the last six months, it's just, it's amazing uh, to see you know this one consistent uh, force going, which is the sevens team. Yeah, okay, it's not the same as fifteens, obviously, uh, and they they are run quite separately and everything. Um, but uh, in terms of like what they bring, what they add um, to the New Zealand rugby landscape and the the uh, inspiration that they provide uh, to young girls. Uh, playing and boys, uh, for that matter, um, it's just so so important. Um, it's a shame, you know, that they play pretty much all of their games offshore uh, at, at times of the night. But it is awesome to wake up in, in the morning um, and 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 see that hey, we just got another got another title. Uh, it's, it's great stuff. So you know, they're, they're just such a great team, um, great to deal with as well off the field. Um, and hoping, hoping uh, that next season there's going to be a bit more normality around the seventh circuit, and we can see them back in New Zealand. Bit of drama in the golf. I should just update uh, the folks at home as well that uh, Mito Pereira has a one-shot lead uh, going down to the last hole of the PGA um, Championship event uh, this year, and has hit his drive in the water. So Justin Thomas sits in the clubhouse at five under. Zala Torres is at five under as well and Pereira in the water going down the last. So plenty of drama there. Uh, plenty of drama around uh, your boys as well, I think it's fair to say. Sam Ackerman, uh, since we spoke to you, I don't know how many players have come and gone, but Matt Lodge certainly has. What have you made of that? I'm relieved. I'm thrilled. Um, Matt Lodge has played uh, good football over the past uh, month and a bit in particular, and in a space where there hasn't been a lot of consistencies. His performances on the field have been uh, have been good. I've failed to get uh, behind Matt Lodge as a warrior. Of his, we don't need to go over his was crimes um, in the past and exactly what a uh, the type of human uh, that he is but he says he's, he obviously hasn't reoffended since that terrible time in New York that said I haven't seen him out there making a difference uh, and trying to turn things around and be uh, a community leader in, in that regard pretty much just trying to get on to things with his own selfish uh, point of view he's got a history of leaving clubs early uh, and this I, I 
I can't I can't fathom the concept that the Warriors let him go for any other reason than what was uh, purported by, uh, by David Long and, and stuff as well. It, it's the same feeling I got is that he was going to become a negative influence if he wasn't didn't want to be there. It was going to drag the chain. You'd get rid of him. Why on earth would you get rid? Uh, let your highest performing front rower outside of uh, Adam Fanua Blake who's now injured, why would you let him go if you really wanted him? You, he's under contract. You can make him play. They didn't want him there to be there and drag the chain. So says a lot about his character to me that he wants to leave that club early again uh, and says he doesn't want to come to New Zealand, didn't want to play in New Zealand. I really would love to be a fly in the wall in these conversations. So you do understand that this is a New Zealand club. When you sign to play, yes, they're based over there, but unless you're lying that out the front, listen, well, I'll play for you guys as long as you're here. I'm essentially a lone player. All good, fine, no problem. We understand what that's at. It's the, the modern world. But you can't sign on for a long-term deal with the club and then just bail before they want to come over to play on the side. I'm thrilled that he never gets a chance to be a warrior at Mount Smart. I don't think he deserved it. And I'd love to say for everybody else who signs on, they can put their hand on an old sack of rugby league weeks and say, I solemnly swear that I understand that the New Zealand Warriors are a New Zealand club. If I'm going to play for the New Zealand Warriors, playing in New Zealand will probably at some point come with the territory. So uh, I, I really am concerned about the front row stocks as it stands, but I'd rather see the team lose um, with players who aren't up to it but are good people than uh, have guys like him in the team. Sam, how's the administration going? Uh, uh, they are doing a job well. You say they, they get a, a pass mark for how they've handled this situation. But overall, um, uh, inability to re-sign a couple of players. Nick Arima, I think, leaving early. Uh, the administration, uh, are they attracting enough interest in, in the Warriors' ranks from your point of view? Yeah, I, I, listen, I think so. Uh, I think what's coming um, over the next uh, 12 months as far as players who are uh, heading to these shores. Um, you look at young uh, Ronald Volkman who's coming. We haven't seen him in first grade yet because they're still getting him ready. He's that Reese Walsh could be a next superstar guy. They're getting good players coming and certainly with the intention of knowing that they're coming back next year we're seeing some decent players sign in and sign in with um, some long-term uh, build-up as well. They're keeping depth in the halves which is an area where there hasn't been there for a while. I personally am concerned about um, uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita not sticking around with the club because I, I see him as a long-term prospect and one, one of those players that the club would regret at some point not signing, but that's my personal view on it. But they, they are stacking the halves. They're doing their best in some areas. Uh, I'm concerned on uh, getting quality centres because we always struggle to uh, seem to bring in centres and uh, the big, um, big impact front rowers. But I think they're doing fine uh, in that context. I should point out that guys like Matt Lodge were signed under a previous recruitment manager who happened to be Matt Lodge's father-in-law, um, so it's, I, I had an issue with the previous recruitment regime, not so much with the current one. Okay, that's good news. Uh, pretty sad news uh, at the PGA, um, not for a prospective winner, who at this stage could be either Thomas or Zalatoris. Pereira is still in a spot of bother going down 18. Uh, Jamie Wilbert, uh, quite sad to see Tiger limp off, withdraw. First time he's ever done that in a major, uh, and also uh, combined with that shooting his worst round ever as well. So... Uh, what do you make now of uh, Tiger Woods, perhaps in the near future anyway? Yeah, just, I mean, I, I feel like I just need to quickly chuck my two cents in on the Warriors as well. I mean, they can lose as many games as okay. they want, but it's never, it's never, it's never boring, is it? Um, but, uh, but yeah, sorry, back to, you, back to your original question. Um, yeah, well, when, when Tiger did make his return and there was all that hype around him and, uh, and, and you know, we all really wanted to see what was going to happen and, and, you know, you could probably get some record audiences and, and people coming through the gate, that 
at the back of your mind, you, you kind of knew this was going to be on the cards at some stage, didn't you? I mean, he's after what he's been through, um, all of his injuries and, and things, that it was he was going to have to pull out. It is it, Like you said, it's, it's very sad uh, to see him go out like this. I don't think it really tarnishes uh, his legacy as a golfer uh, uh, particularly much, but it does kind of remind us all of just like what sort of stage of his career he's in and how those injuries um, have affected him. We don't want to see it at all, um, but at the same time, it's like, is, is it really too much of a surprise uh, to see him exit a tournament um, this way? So uh, will, it, will it happen again? I don't know. I mean, how, how bad this, this might uh, affect uh, the rest of his career, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Sam Kane limping off, Jamie, in the weekend, uh, which I think when you start talking about ACLs and knees and those sorts of things, uh, yet again, I mean, this checkered career of his looks like uh, it might just take a, a, another twist, maybe for the worse, because Ireland aren't too far away and knee problems are knee problems. Yeah, yeah, well, there's going to be some massive um, question marks over his uh, prognosis uh, in the coming days and just how quickly he can get back on his feet. Obviously, you know, uh, loose forward is, to be fair, is not an area where we uh, we lack depth, um, the All Blacks. Um, losing one of those guys uh, is not the end of the world. But However, Sam is the, obviously the captain um, and would force a bit of a reshuffle. I mean, you know, Foster did use, what, what was it, four, four guys last year as captains, so there is leadership mm. back up there as well. But I think that, um, you know, this was going to be a big series for Sam Kane, the player, uh, in, in terms of, like, how uh, they were going to lock in that loose forward uh, trio, you know, combining with Artie and perhaps Dalton Papali'i or Luke Jacobson or whoever's coming, coming through there. Like, I think we were going to know by the end of the series you know who those top three are. If he does miss this series, has to wait till the till the rugby championship or, or even later. Um, it just kind of throws that whole plan into disarray because once he comes back, you'd presume he would just slot back into that uh, that starting side. Um, and it's not. It's more about who would come in um, because of the amount of talent there that would really really press a case uh, for actually keeping that jersey. Um, and so it, it just couldn't have been timed worse, um, this injury. So, yeah, fingers crossed he's back he's back on the paddock uh, sooner rather than later because, like I said, it's going to really mess up um, whatever the All Blacks have got planned uh, coming up for the series because, like I said, it was not just the loose forwards uh, that need to be locked in by the end of this. It's, there's a whole lot of other combinations that, that have question marks over them that we need answers to uh, by the end of the series that if the All Blacks don't win there's just going to be a huge question mark over the entire thing. My thanks to Jamie Wall and to Sam Ackerman, who have been your panel this morning. Uh, Interesting uh, thoughts here across the the rugby and, of course, the the Warriors issues as well. Uh, Sam, very in-depth there. So cool stuff. Thanks, uh, fellas. Uh, We'll have another uh, panel at the same time tomorrow morning. Uh, Also, uh, I can tell you that Michael from Tutakaka, you are our winner this morning. Michael from Tutakaka, you won our Chemist Warehouse voucher for 50 bucks, and we'll be in touch with you as uh, regards to how you can get hold of that. It is uh, 10.43 here on SENZ. Uh, plenty of text to read out when we come back, and, of course, we'll check in with Louis and the TAB before 11 o'clock. New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
Well, sport has a lot of emotion, and there'll be emotion going through uh, the mind and the heart of Mito Pereira, who uh, would have been, would have been the first player from Chile to win a golf major. He won't be because standing on the the 18th tee with a one-shot lead, he made double bogey going down the last. So now we'll finish uh, in a tie for third. Uh, he can't do any better than that. But there will be a playoff. The PGA is not finished. There's a playoff between the two Americans, Justin Thomas and Will Zalatoris, who are uh, out there on the practice screen already, uh, getting ready to uh, start that playoff. And that is uh, probably with Justin Thomas having already won a tournament, uh, a, a major tournament, uh, the warm favourite to go on and get his second title. But we shall keep an eye on that. A lot of drama um, at the Southern Hills course in uh, Oklahoma. Right, uh, we've got some text to get through here. Hi, Smithy. I think the Crusaders will win the comp. They do what the Crusaders do at this time of the year. Two of us a Sheck. No, doesn't make the all-black squad for me. To Pyre and Yuani to start. You have Geordie Barrett can play there. And Avili, not to mention Goodhue is back as well with his experience. So really good text there on that midfield situation. And I'm with you too. I kind of think it's the Crusaders and the Blues uh, as we go down to the wire here. Um, and they might have to go to Eden Park to win it, but I wouldn't uh, write them off doing that. They know how to win it. Just go down to uh, the Orange Theory Stadium and have a look at the big light pylons and all the paintwork on there. That's how they know to win it. Uh, Chris says, congrats, Smithy, for your Spurs finishing top four, and thank God Liverpool didn't win the league. Good on you, Chris. Uh, Maybe the owner uh, has got to take some blame. We're talking about the Warriors here. Maybe the owner got to take some blame. Seems like there's no forward planning within the club. Um, interesting there. Mark says, Smithy, if the Warriors don't win this weekend against the Knights, I can't see them winning another game this season. Well, that may well be the case, Mark. They have some tough games coming up. Um, I, I really do believe you could be onto something there, and that would make it a pretty average season overall if they weren't going to win uh, another one. But they've got a lot of classy opposition coming up, and they don't seem to be that well organised. And Sean Johnson has escaped mentioned this morning as well. I uh, just wonder about what he's been up to throughout the season. Uh, one of the fundamental problems with League in New Zealand is it's not nurtured at grassroots like, say, Union is. The byproduct of that is the Warriors, the only New Zealand club, has to go fishing for marquee players as the country is not producing its own. Once you grow, nurture and produce talent, the offspring of that is that they want to play for the club they were brought up in or around. Excellent text, excellent. Totally agree with those sentiments as well. It is a situation... That is uh, pretty ugly at the moment uh, around the Warriors. Uh, does DMAC come straight back in? Brett says, does DMAC come straight back? Not sure about that. Is he setting the world on fire in Japan? Is Japan form good enough? Well, we've seen in the past when players come back from Japan, they take a game or two or longer than that perhaps to get up to speed. Um, Charlie has come in and said, hey, Smithy, the tune did Spurs a huge favour, tipping up the arse last week. Good on you, boy. You know, uh, Charlie, your Arsenal fifth, Spurs fourth. Highlight of the morning. We'll keep you updated on the golf. We'll be back with Louis Herman Watt. Visit to the TAB very shortly. Number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. Time to uh, join Louis Herman Watt this morning. We're all keeping an eye too on the PGA as they head down uh, the first of the playoff holes. It's Justin Thomas just hit his ball 
in the rough on the right. Zella Torres to tee off shortly. Louis Herman Watt's been watching that like a hawk as well. Not a great morning for Ryan Fox. Seven over is 77 for him. Uh, Louis, but not a great uh, weekend either for racing at Doombin. Uh, real disappointment. So what happens now to those big races? Yeah, congratulations if you got the 12s on JTAM, hanging on to a ticket for nines, and he's just put it in the rough bugger. Um, yeah, look, the three feature races, the Phillies race over the 2100, the BRC Sprint, which we've got Gosboden for Jimmy Pender in, and, of course, the Doombin Cup. They go to this weekend, Smithy, at Eagle Farm, which just makes this weekend at Eagle Farm an absolute festival. And because it's Eagle Farm, the track will be better. Hopefully the weather is due to clear towards the end of the week anyway. So we might be playing on quite a decent track, maybe a four, five, six, six at the worst. I'm hoping everything should get its chance. you got the Queensland Derby. We've got Pinarello. We've got Tutakaka. Um, of course, we've got Dark Destroyer, the favourite. This weekend is a true festival of racing in Queensland, Smithy. Look forward to it, uh, Louis. Thanks very much for that. You keep an eye on your uh, 12s. With JT, I don't, uh, I don't uh, think for a second he'll let you down. Uh, he'll get up and down out of there. Paul Mawadi from the TAB, they'll be keeping an eye on the golf as well. Paul, good morning to you. Still a live market there as well as some basketball this afternoon. Yeah, that's right, Smitty. And uh, unlucky for those backers of Mito Pereira, who double bogeyed well, the 70 second hole uh, to fall out of the playoff. We currently have Will Zalatoris as a dollar eighty favourite to win the PGA Championship. Justin Thomas at a dollar ninety. They've both teed off on the par five thirteenth, I think it is. Uh, Zalatoris in the middle of the fairway there, uh, and I think Justin Thomas just off in the first cut of rough. Uh, as you said, also a bit of NBA action today. We've got game three between the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. The Mavs are at a dollar sixty. The Golden State Warriors two twenty eight. We've got a same game claim promotion on that match. Uh, money so far. Coming for the away team, the Golden State Warriors at 228. Of course, they won both uh, games one and two in San Francisco and looking to con- continue that winning form. So if you do like the Golden State Warriors, the money's on them today. And I'm just looking at the PGA Championship, trying to refresh the page. Zalatoris, he's still $1.80. Uh, ice. Actually, they're both $2.07. Wow. $2.07. It's value there, folks. 50% chance. Thanks very much to Paul Mawadi. Uh, we will have a bossy after the break. It is time for a little bit of a Matt Lodge catch-up, I think. I feel one in the bones. It's 11 o'clock, and here's Ottawa. Number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Johnson, Hail Mary, high ball, Arzi with it, Warriors now overlap, Tavanga kept going, then the ball, oh it's on again by Leah. back to Tavanga, throws it over the top, Johnson keeps it alive, Harris, it's on the deck for the 18th time, and now they can't offload, it's almost, it's almost Sunday when that play ends, but the Dragons have done it. It's a glorious win, in their opinion. <laughs> glorious win, in the words of uh, Andrew Voss there, who was, of course, the commentator for that Warriors performance, where they let another one slip, losing 24-18 to the Dragons. And a week that saw Matt Lodge leave the club, Chanel Harris-DeVita turned down a new contract. It's not exactly a week uh, the Warriors fans will be 
that chuffed about you wouldn't imagine. Um, and Andrew Voss, it's got Andrew Voss going as well, particularly the Matt Lodge side of it, uh, which is uh, really interesting to say the least. And I say that in probably the most, I think, polite adjective I can think of. Vossy, good morning to you. Uh, the Matt Lodge thing is, uh, it's it's just crazy. Crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, good evening and good morning and hello to everyone listening all over the world right now, uh, Smithy. Look, I've, I, can I say this first of all? I've enjoyed engaging in debate uh, with the fans on this particular story, Matt Lodge. I would say my opinion is in the majority, but minority, I do get their side of view as well. Look, Matt Lodge won't be the first and won't be the last, or hasn't been the first and won't be the last to do what he's doing. But I, but I just see it this way with his departure from the Warriors. Now, whether he likes it or not, Matt Lodge comes with some pretty serious baggage. And he can say, well, well, people can take the view, well, no, it's time to move on. Well, that's fine, but clubs have sponsors, and Matt Lodge comes with baggage. So if a club takes on Matt Lodge, while he gives his best on the field for them, they are also doing him a favour. And I think the Warriors did him a giant favour, signing him when they did last year. Uh, taking him out of his contract with the Broncos, looked after him. In the end, he's played 14 matches for them. He has played alongside blokes that are New Zealand-based players that have sacrificed for the last couple of years being away from family members. You, you wouldn't think some of that sacrifice and admiration would rub off even a touch. For Matt Lodge to say that my future, and he's a pro footballer, so you've got to play where you go, to not even give New Zealand a day as an opportunity to play your football and say, well, nah, not part of my future, I think he's ordinary. I really do. And that if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm probably taking the attitude, well, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, Because I think he has used the Warriors as a transit land. People can look at it differently. And I know there's other players, you and Aitken, and others that said they're not going there. But I'm saying Matt Lodge is is a special case. Uh, given his background, and I think he owed the Warriors more than 14 games, to be perfectly frank. I think he owed them a few seasons, having linked up with them last year. I really do. And, and oh, look, I don't begrudge anyone earning money. Of course, you earn as much as you can in your football career. But the Warriors were looking after it. And the Broncos are paying some of his money as well. I don't think it's such a big sacrifice to move over to New Zealand there to keep playing the rugby league if you're a professional footballer, is it, Smithy? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. A lot of people have found this quite a nice place to spend a bit of time, particularly if you're a high-paid professional. But, however, uh, we're not going to see it. And uh, as uh, a lot of people have on this side of the Tasman have said good riddance, uh, let's just move on. But we also will be moving on without Chanel Harris-DeVita, which is a, a bit of a blow, I would imagine, to Cameron George and the recruitment team. Absolutely. Uh, with age of players, certainly, and the time they've put into Chanel Harris-DeVita. And I'm a huge fan of his. Like, I, I've... You know, I, I curse every time he suffers an injury because that has checkered his path through to the level I think he can get to. I think, you know, courageous player, good defender, good skills, can kick as well. I think he's got a lot of strings to his bow, Chanel Harris-Savita. Um, and I'd like to think that potential can be realised in a Warriors jersey. Um, but it looks like that's not going to be the case. Again, I suppose it's a situation where you can't begrudge if there's more money elsewhere. But I don't know, Chanel Harris-Savita, is he... Uh, he, he just feels to better his football elsewhere. I mean, there's plenty of players that have left the Warriors and kicked on over the years, but if I'm building for the future, he was one player that, that I would have thought of a handful of players the Warriors needed to keep. Um, otherwise, you're just constantly in a rebuild phase, aren't you, Smithy? If you can't 
keep mm. the players that you put work into, and, and he's at an age where you know you want him to be in your side for the next three, four, five years, then all you are doing is rebuilding one after another and looking for replacements. Right, let's look at that performance uh, over the weekend and uh, probably epitomised by Sean Johnson, if you look at it. Horror start, moments of brilliance, and then disappointing at the end. I mean, uh, uh, you called it. How did you see it uh, on reflection? Yeah, great, great, uh, great account there. Sean Johnson's game at the moment is inconsistent within 80 minutes and therefore the Warriors' performance is inconsistent. You know, a couple of weeks ago there, the game against Cronulla, uh, you think that he'd be able to steer them home, but it, it didn't happen. Then the magic round, you know, 26 nil um, coming up to half time could have been 30 nil. Big second half. I mean, the football's all over the place. And uh, the other day, seesawing game. They're in the contest, but it was a game between two teams playing at a level um, outside of the top eight, to be perfectly frank. Um, yes, the Warriors could have won. Uh, led 14-12 halftime, then led 18-12. But then when the match is on the line, um, Dragons score the last couple of tries. I'm not getting, you know, blown away by the Dragons form. It's not like the Dragons did anything incredible to win. And it's not like the Warriors did a whole lot wrong to lose. It's just the level of performance. And Nathan Brown would be disappointed that 11 rounds into the season, that the, that the form week to week and indeed within 80 minutes is just, it's just not where it needs to be. So, um, you know, some, some pressure rounds. Yes, you can turn things around. Look at Canberra the last few weeks, Smithy. They have turned things around. But this week, if the Warriors don't, beat Newcastle, then you're asking some really serious questions because Newcastle is a team very much struggling at the moment. Vossi, uh, uh, and I can uh, experience this with you a little bit, um, when you call live sport, there are things that you cannot prepare for that you've never seen before. And we saw that, and you called it like that too, uh, with a rolling mall type situation at the end. <laughs> I think you asked your co-commentator, have you ever seen that before? No. Bizarre, and we don't even know if it's legal or not, do you? Well, well, it can't be legal. First of all, I, I probably I, I am prone to exaggerate. I said there were twenty five players involved in the tackle and one ball carrier, <laughs> uh, so so I had everyone in it. Never seen the like of it. But can I be frank? Let, let's be serious. How the hell is that not a penalty? There were dragons, def, uh, dragons players dragging warriors defenders off. Like if you're an attacker or you're trying to support one of your teammates with the ball. The rule books, you're not actually allowed to put a hand on a defender. I reckon I saw 16 hands of Dragons players on Warriors defenders, dragging them out so the Warriors couldn't complete their work. And uh, No, extraordinary moment, extraordinary incident, but in the fair income department had to be a Warriors penalty, and I don't know how that was overlooked, but anyway, it happened. Okay. Uh, obviously, we're, we always talk about Reese Walsh every Monday, um, and we can't... I mean, it's, it's, the difference in the game may well have been Lomax's kicking accuracy, goal-kicking accuracy, mm. but up until that point, Reese Walsh has been very good. I mean, around 90%, so just a down day? Yeah, he'd only missed three kicks all season, uh, and they are all tough, and it was a little wet and all the rest, um, but was it the difference between the teams? Look, there wasn't much between them. They're, you're right, um, so if it boils down to that, I mean, it's not like Zach Lomax was banging them over from everywhere either. Um, but Reese Walsh definitely had the harder kicks. No question of that. I mean, some of the Warriors' tries were right in the corner. Centimetres in from touch. Uh, would have been nice to get a few more. Probably, you know, if they had of At no stage did they lead by more than six 
you know, if they had had that little bit of extra breathing space, would that have made it a little different? Quite possibly. But because the lead only got to six, the Dragons always fancied their chances and they, you know, that was a little unfortunate. I don't think they lose the game because of Reese Walsh's goal kicking. I look at Reese's general form, not having the impact of last week. I think clubs have... You know, teams now that they know him well after last year have, have, have you know, he's in their cheat sheet every week in their coaches' notes and they know how to deal with him. He's certainly not having the same impact, but I suppose he looks around him and there's a few players off their game. And they, everyone, if everyone could improve by, say, uh, 10, 20%, um, then the Warriors are going to be in with a chance of winning every game they play. The side I saw on Saturday, I thought Dallin Wateni Zalesnia was very good. I thought Adam Fanua Blake had one of his best games again. Um, Jasavanga tried his heart out in game number 100 but I don't know whether and, and Vailia had his moments the young centre but I don't know whether everyone can look at themselves and say well I you know, gave it more and I, you know, I, I think they might have left a little bit out on the field some of the, some of the boys on the weekend Before we leave the Warriors uh, in this particular review uh, Vossi Dunamis, Louis could be heading there, heading here uh, from the Raiders, what do you know about him? Uh, journeyman a journeyman, you know, Broncos and Dragons and Raiders. And best play, Ricky Stewart got the best out of him at the Raiders. So he is part of the, the Canberra fold when they made the grand final. Um, so so he'll give honest performance. And, you know, if you're signing Dynamis Louis now and he's, he's playing his trade in the Intra Super Cup up there in Queensland, then you're signing, a, you know, a, a front rower who can play 40, 45 minutes. You'd be looking from Dynamis Louis. Uh, could he play at the level Matt Lodge could at his best? Well, probably not. But you do have to have... Um, those troops on the ground with Dynamis, keep it pretty simple. Hit the ball up, run hard, quick play the balls, and that's all I need from you, and, and that's what he'll do. Right, let's look at uh, other key matches over the weekend, uh, Vossi. Uh, man, oh man, I had to have a double take when uh, I, I didn't actually see this one, but I had a double take when I looked at the result. Cowboys 36, Storm 6. The Cowboys form is real. Smithy, that's the first thing. Uh, got a terrific uh, batch of young players that are coming through at the moment. There's Jeremiah Nanai in the back row, Tom Gilbert, uh, Reuben Cotter, Murray Talungi on the wing. Um, they're all playing at their best. They're playing with supreme confidence. They have turned a corner and they're now making winning a habit. And the 24-0 wipeout in the second half of the storm, so impressive. Their defence has been good all year. As I say, defence is not a fluke, Smithy. You know, you don't fluke good defensive stats. You might fluke a few points, tries off kicks and the like, but defence is hard work, and obviously hard work is paying off for the Cowboys at the moment. Um, Their form is the real deal. Are they as good as Penrith? No, they're not, but they deserve their position on the ladder. Eight wins, three losses, well done. And for Melbourne, huge question mark. Um, Beaten 68-12 to the last two weeks. It is most un-Melbourne-like. And I'll put it this way, I'll, I'll hand over to Cameron Smith, who I have on the program of a Monday over here on my breakfast show, The Goat. Uh, I asked him, Penrith at full strength versus Melbourne at full strength at the moment, hypothetically, who wins? He said, reluctantly, Penrith would win. Uh, so Melbourne have a bit of improving to do, both when they're at full strength and when, obviously, when they're below strength, as they were again on the weekend with no Pappenhausen and no Jerome Hughes. But Melbourne haven't got the aura they once had. As I look at the table, I see the Broncos on uh, 14 points, which uh, at this point has them tied uh, fourth equal. I'm not sure anyone was forecasting that. That's a pretty good season uh, that they're putting together up there. Five straight wins uh, with that latest victory and playing the Gold Coast Titans this Friday night. I don't think anyone's going to be tipping the Titans. 
at Suncorp. I'm thinking six straight for Brisbane. And by the end of this weekend, um, you know, top four going into the origin period. And blokes like Selwyn Cobbe will be playing rep football. There'll be some players playing origin this year, whereas in previous years, um, you've been looking past the Broncos because some of the blokes haven't been well. But, uh, but you know, Carrigan and Flegler and these sorts of blokes have all got their hand up uh, to play for Queensland. Well done, Kevin Walters. Well done, the players. Um, have turned a massive corner. Uh, and, and again, another team. They, it's not a fluke. It's not a fluke. They, you know, they, they have obviously worked very, very hard and are buying into what the coach wants them to do. And, you know, th- their best working games at the moment seems to be the back 20. You know, and that even, it makes it even better. That's the same as the Cowboys. The Cowboys are finishing off every game strongly and the Broncos are doing the same. There's a lot to admire about that. Let's uh, look at uh, the Panthers, who were <coughs> just efficient enough, as they tend to be. Uh, 33-12 over the Roosters. Uh, first one at the SCG since 1985. <laughs> uh, this, is a, uh, this is a good story. Uh, not so good about the, the end of it, though, is uh, our friend Jared Wairere Hargraves uh, and his explosive rant at Jared Sutton. Well... I, we, we joked about it this morning, but I, he wasn't sin-bin for swearing. He was sin-bin for calling the referee bro. Don't call the referee bro. He's not your bro. Uh, so, sorry, Jared. <laughs> you, you, got, you, got, you got James Fish-Harris in the head as he scored. It was an obvious eight-point try. The referee, I don't, I don't think he was going to sin-bin him, but he was going to explain, look, it is an eight-point try because you've clicked him in the head. But then when you call him bro and then the swearing, um, so Jared, have ten minutes off. That was disappointing for Jared, but he does wear his heart on his sleeve. I'll say this about the actual game. 28 minutes through, Smithy, it was nil all. You know, and the Roosters were competing, but what a side Penrith are. They have got more gears than every, any team in the competition at their disposal. They went up through the gears in quick time and suddenly it goes from nil all through 28 to 18 nil at half time and pretty much game over. This competition, Smithy, is Penrith's to lose. They are, if they stay fully fit, they win the competition. I make the statement right now, 11 rounds done and dusted. Penrith, give them the trophy uh, unless someone can jump out of the ground to beat them. Because Penrith at their best, no one will beat them. No, it, it looks that way, which is in a way quite sad, but then you just sit back and admire. And uh, having said that, we were talking about the EPL this morning. Uh, Vossi with an English correspondent and Manchester City were 14 points clear in January, yeah. and won it with the last basic kick of the uh, won it with the last kick of the game almost this morning. Yeah, yeah, so it. it can happen in sport. Oh, of course it can, and and you know there's so much to happen. There's a there's a representative period. Um, Penrith might go flat after that. Potential of injuries, those sorts of things, of course. And mm. and another team, you know, I, while I'm saying you know the Roosters aren't going to beat them, that you, you know back into the season, get a bit of momentum going into the finals. It can take you all the way through to the uh, to the grand final. Uh, potentially. Mm. Um, yeah, I wasn't thinking Souths were a grand finalist this time last year, but come the end of the season, they, they picked up their act and they made it all the way through to the grand final. But I'm just, I just know what I've seen from Penrith. And we're not looking at a team here that's just doing it this year. They've done it 2020, um, making the grand final. 2021, they win the title. And now they've carried on the form this year to another level. And all those players with that experience of grand final success, they are better for it. Viliami Kikau is a case in point. Never played better. He is so, he, he is, he's in the game all the time. His defensive efforts are great now. Um, he's riding the crest of a wave, a winning wave at Penrith. Jerome Luai's never been better. His game the other night, you know, 9 out of 10. Nathan Cleary, 
I, I don't. I like he played well, but I didn't have him. I did not have Nathan Cleary in my top five or six Panthers the other night. That's how well they're playing as a team. That their main man doesn't have to be the star. Uh, so no, they're a terrific side and and deserve their spot on the ladder, and they're the best in the league. Uh, just finally, uh, Vossi, a uh, big following, of course, in this country of uh, the Manly Seagulls, just uh, knocked over by the Eels, 22-20, but losing uh, Tom, losing Tom for the season, maybe. Massive blow, obviously, um, and, and, and incredibly painful, and I, I, I you know, I... I heard um, Brad Fittler's account of it yesterday. It chose the competitor. The ball was over the dead ball line, but there was Tom still competing for it and then uh, unfortunately suffering the injury in the process. Uh, Manly definitely don't make the top four without Tom Trebojevic. Um, and, and sitting on the ladder, well, they can make the eight. The fact is they are level in eighth position at the moment with the Rabbitohs and Canberra. So it's not like they've got sides absolutely on fire them a fire around them. The Raiders have picked up in recent weeks. So I'm certainly not riding them off for the eight. But without Tom Dravojevic, they don't make the top four. And therefore, I don't have Manly as a, as a true premiership contender without Tom on deck. Just to tell you that Justin Thomas has uh, birdied the second playoff hole. So he's got a one-shot lead over Will Zalatoris as they go down the, the next one. Um... Just uh, finally, I'm just looking for some um, uh, Australian any uh, Australian sport. We should think. I noticed well, you lost well, Matt. Uh, you, well, you, well, you, well, you, no, you, lost, you lost Matt. Well, no, I think the biggest sport of the weekend we have to talk about the election on Saturday, um, Smithy. Oh is that yes, we've had, a, had a change of prime minister, and for our, for our listeners right now who aren't aware, it's an amazing statistic that was told to us by a listener earlier this morning. So Scott Morrison, our previous prime minister, a Cronulla fan has been replaced by Anthony Albanese, who is a, 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 a rampant Rabbitohs fan. Incredibly, the Canberra Raiders in back-to-back weeks have beaten the Prime Minister's team because this time last week, they beat in Magic Round, they beat <laughs> Cronulla. And then yesterday, with a change of government, they beat the Prime Minister's team, the Rabbitohs. That, that could never have happened anywhere in the world, could it? <laughs> that, that the Prime Minister's side has been beaten back-to-back weeks by the same team. Well done, Canberra Raiders. And the fact that it's Canberra, well, well, which is our home of Parliament House, adds a little, um, adds a little uh, extra to the stat. And someone also texted us this morning saying, we forgot to mention, and there was a change in the Lodge. Uh, Matt Lodge moving on. So we had the Lodge, we had <laughs> all of that. So there's a little political tie-in with sport this week. Well, is there any possibility, the way you change Prime Ministers, they could beat a third one in this, <laughs> before the NRL's over? Oh, I think Albo's going to last the week. He's off to Japan, would you believe, tomorrow. <laughs> He's off to Japan. I, I don't think something's going to happen there. But, you know, oh, well, we said that Peter Dutton now may be the opposition leader. We're thinking he might be a Broncos fan. So watch out for that maybe in three <laughs> years' time at the next election. If he gets government and the Broncos are playing on the Sunday, load up. Gamble responsibly, of course. About much chance of that happening is Matt Lodge coming to your place for Christmas dinner, I reckon. Well, yeah, well, Matt, it's just football. We're just talking football here, but I'm, I'm, you want me to call it as I see it. That's how I see it. Plenty yep. can disagree with me. That's fine. It's just my opinion, but I'll stand by it. Warriors, hard done by. I think Matt Lodge owed them more. We love that, Bossy. We love you calling it as you see it, uh, whether it be on the field of play or in review with us every Monday. Thank you so much for your time. And those honest thoughts. Have a great week, my friend. You too, Smithy. Cheers. Uh, Andrew Voss there. Yeah, interesting thoughts uh, around 
developments uh, in the Warriors as well as uh, the NRL in general. I can tell you here, yeah, Justin Thomas has a one-shot lead as they head down the third playoff hole. Of course, the PGA is different to the other majors or most other tournaments, actually. They don't have a one-hole playoff. They have it over a selection, I think, of three holes, maybe even four. Uh, I'll get back to you on that. It's 11.24 here on SENZ. New Zealand for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 11.29 here on SENZ, and uh, you've just got a, a little clarification for us on the playoff, Logan. Yeah, this is how the playoff format works with the PGA Championship, Smithy. It is a three-hole aggregate score on holes 13, 17, and 18. If they're still tied after that, then it will become a hole-by-hole playoff starting on hole 18, and if needed, holes 13, 17, and 18 again as repeated. Okay, cool. Right, I can tell you that they both birdied the 1st, the 13th. Justin Thomas birdied the 17th. Uh, now, we're now playing the 18th. Salatoris has to at least get one shot back on him there. Otherwise, Justin Thomas will become the PGA champion for the second time. Uh, Zalatoris has hit his second about 30 feet short of the pin on 18. And Justin Thomas, as we speak, is just lining up his second, uh, hitting uh, around about an 8 iron in. And I can tell you, uh, it is uh, in terms of ball tracker, online. It is uh, about 15 feet to the left of the pin. So advantage Justin Thomas. Advantage Justin Thomas uh, as they walk up the 18th for possibly the last time. It is 11.30 here on SENZ. Uh, it's uh, first time this week you'll have the opportunity to uh, dial 0800 to get in the contest. 0800 Stump Smithy up for grabs. We have uh, TAB vouchers and we also, of course, have the sleep drops available to you. So 0800-150-811. News time with Araha. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yes, it's time to get stumped on SNZ Mornings with Ian Smith. Smithy is back. I know both of us have eyes on the golf at the same time. Uh, Up for grabs today is a $50 TAB bonus bet plus some sleep drops. Daytime revive. Try New Zealand sleep drops for all ages, lifestyle stages and sleeping challenges. Always read that label and take his directed. Check out sleepdrops.co.nz. Smithy, joining us first at the crease, we have Jade from Hamilton. Come in, Jade. Hey, mate, how are you? Yeah, doing good. How's the Tron? Uh, yeah, it's not too bad today, mate. She's a little bit wet this morning, but the sun's poking out, which is good. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Okay, so, Smithy's been off for a week. I know he's en- you've enjoyed a, a well-earned break, haven't you, Smithy? Well, I was at the Tron at the weekend. I was um, working on the game, the Chiefs and uh, the Force, so uh, they look pretty good, the Chiefs. So I, I wouldn't write them off either when they get a few players back. I think they've got up to 14 out. So, Jade, I think uh, there's still a big chance of going a long way in this competition. But speaking of going a long way, what are the subjects today uh, for us, Logan? Today they are golf, Formula One, and soccer football. Take your pick, Jade. Oh, give our hand at golf, eh? Oh, topical. Like it. Here we go. And speaking of being topical, all the questions today are about the PGA Championship. Which course hosts the annual PGA Championship major? The PGA, no. 
I'm going to go Pinehurst. I'm not too sure, mate, to be honest with you. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Smithy. Well, I can tell you uh, there's uh, Justin Thomas who has won in the playoffs, so uh, that's uh, the news of the morning. The golf fans, Justin Thomas, very emotional, winning uh, his second major tournament, and I believe he's won it at Southern Hills. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Sure is, Southern Hills, cool as you like, Smithy. So, Jade, you've gone back to the pavilion, stumped by Smithy, Gareth from Christchurch. He's padding up, he's ready to go. How are you going, mate? Good, thanks, guys. All right, how are you on your golf knowledge? Uh, I'm not great, to be honest. Are, you, are we able to switch it, or do you have to stick with the golf? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the rules <laughs> stipulate you have to stick with uh, with it. We'll see. Potentially, right. may, maybe another day, but today we'll go off the golf. So, second question for you, Gareth. The great Jack Nicholas won the PGA Championship title five times in his career. How many did Tiger Woods win? Oh, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be nothing more than a, uh, a guess because golf is absolutely like my worst subject. Uh, maybe, I don't know, say six. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Mm. Over to you, Smithy. Well, I have no idea, to be perfectly honest. Uh, absolutely no idea. I shall be thinking that he's uh, won three. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. The correct answer is four. 1999, 2000, 2006 and 2007. Uh, sad to see that he did have to withdraw after the third round this time around. But Gareth, you are still alive. Final question with that $50 TAB bonus bet and the sleep drops on the line. This might be a toughie, but in what year did the PGA Championship switch from a match play format to its current stroke play? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely no idea. I'll just have to throw something out. Maybe, I don't know, 80, 89? <laughs> One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. I love the nervous laughter there. No, not 1989. Smithy, your chance at a stomping on Monday. I reckon I heard this at some stage over the weekend, uh, probably in the commentary on the telly. Um, it's either 68 years or 71 years, so I've got to do my maths and make a, a distinct prediction here and say it was 68, which would take it back to 1954. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Your mass was very, very close, Smithy. It was actually 1958. 1958. <laughs> well, there you go, eh? 1958. Okay. Ah, well, so uh, that makes, uh, I guess that makes Gareth a happy chap. Sure does. $50 TAB bonus bet is coming your way, Gareth. What, what do you think you'd be putting that on? Uh, well, last week I said I put it on um, Fanua Blake first try Warriors, so I think That's he's right. out with a foot injury from what I've heard, so I'm going to stick with whatever the starting eight is for the Warriors, and you know, might as well make the most of it, go big or go home. <laughs> go big or go <laughs> home, I like mate. that. Well, stay on the line, Gareth, stay on the line, and Brian will get your details off you and we'll arrange you to get that money. Well done, congratulations, Thanks, Monday morning. Tomorrow yeah. morning uh, we'll have another one, about uh, 11.32 tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning. And you'll have an opportunity for those sleep drops, of course, and uh, the TAB voucher for 50 bucks it'll be as well.
Uh, when we return, uh, a little bit of cricket update from the Black Caps and their match with Sussex over the weekend as they build up to that first test against uh, England at Lords on June the 2nd. New Zealand for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, it's 11.44 and a couple of texts have just come in. Uh, Brian, this morning, uh, Ian, gutsy win by the Blues. I agree with your suggestion a month or so ago about the rugby defensive line of suffocating back play. Uh, Just not this year, Brian. It's been uh, creeping up and up and up the whole time and one of the things you look at as a commentator, and I'm sure you do at home as well, is just to see where they are and just how quickly the referee's arm is going to come out um, because um, they get so much uh, help from their uh, assistant referees as well that they're constantly monitoring that line, and you can hear in the communication system the AR is picking them up even more so than the referees are these days. So I, I agree there. You also uh, thought the RTS made some good post-contact metres, got that. Uh, getting the Blues into position to win, and he showed he can do the hard yards. So I think there's absolutely scope there, Brian. But at the moment, um, at, at the moment, I, what I do suspect will happen is that he will make that uh, extended All Black squad for the first three tests against the island, purely because uh, they want to have him in the group, get him up to where the All Blacks think, the All Blacks techniques, the All Blacks systems, the All Blacks personnel get those players around him from uh, the Crusaders, etc. He's likely to be playing alongside when he does make the grade. So, look, I, I think he'll be there, um, but at the moment he wouldn't make my starting 23, uh, but in time he probably will. So, and having said that, there's still a lot of playoffs rugby for the Blues ahead, uh, and he will benefit from that al- along the way uh, and, and develop even more skills and confidence in 15-man code. So... Uh, yeah, good science. I'd say good science. Certainly not a failed experiment at this point. Jared, absolutely derided. You ripper JT. Had him in my picks at the start. What a finish. Nice payday for me. First TAB major uh, win as a punter. Well, it's the second one for, he's talking JT, he's talking about uh, Justin Thomas, who has just won the PGA for the second time. Won at 2017, won at 2022, um, and came from a long way back. In fact, this is an unexpected victory in terms of the way the game, the day was developing at one stage, by my recollections, he was eight shots off the pace and ended up winning it, uh, courtesy of a, a last hole choke from Mito Pereira. Uh, also of note uh, going on at the moment is preparations for the uh, Black Caps' first test against England. That will be at Lords on the 1st of June. And at the moment, they are in the middle of a warm-up game against Sussex. Uh, they've had some pretty good performances all round. Uh, when they batted first time round, they had uh, a number of players retire uh, with a, a good deal of work at the crease under their belt, including Tom Latham and Will Young, Michael Bracewell, Tom Blundell, all getting half centuries there, so valuable time at the crease. And then it came to uh, the bowling side of it, and we need those guys up to speed, particularly uh, bowling with uh, that new Duke ball. So uh, wickets uh, shared around pretty much, and, uh, but we did have a comment after that bowling performance from Matt Henry. Coming out to have a bowl, I think it was important for us to get that time in the legs and um, and I suppose adapt to the conditions and, and the ball out here. So um, I think the guys will be really happy with that. I guess it's one thing bowling in the nets and getting preparation. You had some good preparation here last week, but actually getting out in the middle, I guess that's a whole whole different thing. Definitely, just getting that, uh, I suppose, that competitive edge, getting the, getting going. And um, yeah, I think everyone enjoyed that, just kind of getting in the fight out there. And uh, like you said, it's very different to being in the nets. So the time on the feet, getting used to spell, uh, multiple spells um, was really good. 
It's, it's a strange ground, home in that you've got this slope running from one end to the other. How difficult? I know you've played here, but mm. what, what about some of the, the other New Zealand lads? Yeah, it definitely takes adjusting. Um, I think that's the beauty of playing here in England. Yeah, each ground has their little wee, uh, I suppose, like their little, uh, what would you call it? Undulations. Undulations, yeah, whether it's going left or right or up and down. and um, Yeah, you definitely have to get used to coming down that slope and or coming up to it. So, uh, no, I think everyone ad adapted well today and, and it, everyone enjoys those challenges. I think it's important to Matt Henry bowls well too because uh, he will be a definite candidate. Now that Trent Bolt is going to get there quite late, uh, his, uh, his IPL team has, has got through so he's, he's going to be there quite late, um, and, and that means he won't be up to speed with Red Bull bowling. And they have existed, to be fair, and won test matches without Trent Bolt over the summer. So I would think if that's the case, they will go with Matt Henry with his English experience. Um, uh, he was very, very good for Kent a couple of years back, and so he knows how to bowl in England conditions, handles a juke ball. Those wickets are pretty much shared around, as I said. Jacob Duffy with a couple, Colin de Grondholm with a couple, and AJ Patel getting through a good workload as well and picking up two wickets second innings. Tom Latham, 20 not out. Will Young, 20 not out. So they'll look to bat most of the uh, the last part of this game so they can uh, just get the full benefit of doing it. It's not an official game. It's not official as such because of the fact that uh, they're batting batters, bowling bowlers. It's not just 11 versus 11 and uh, the ECB and New Zealand cricket agreed to that. That's uh, just the way of the world. Back in the day, uh, playing uh, on a full tour of England, playing against the counties was a real highlight. In fact, they used to put up quite a lot of money, the local sponsors, for county sides to beat touring sides, and that would lure the, the better players to stay uh, within the fold, and in other words, not take the game off uh, and have a breather. So that was quite important back then, and uh, they used to put up big financial bonuses, the teams, uh, county teams, to knock over the touring uh, sides, whoever it was but uh, at the time. But uh, not so much these days. Times have changed and uh, they use it for absolutely different purposes. I notice you've got the laptop out there, Logan. Is that because you've got anything specific you want to say uh, as we head into Staffy? <laughs> no, I was just having a ready in case you were trying to fire through some uh, cricket questions or stats on uh, this match. Of course, you know, day one uh, unfortunately got rained out, so we're heading into day four here. Uh, Black Caps leading 135 runs with 10 wickets remaining. Both uh, Latham and Young are out there on 20 runs apiece. Yep, that's good. I'll use that. I'll try and bat as much of the day as they can and get uh, some of those guys, particularly the ones that didn't fire up in the first innings. Uh, a go in the second innings. It is 11.51 here on SENZ. Time for a break and uh, a quick chat with Staffy before he takes over at midday. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. 